Welcome to Ego Radio. We get you in the minds of creatives and entrepreneurs who are breaking ground. It's easy to make a hit, but it's hard to build a career. How do you stay fresh and curious with your art, work, and life? That's what we're here to find out. This week, you will be tuning into a conversation with Nilo Blues, an artist from Toronto who started in dance, refined the craft, and moved into acting. And he's currently exploring what he can bring to life with music. I got a lot of respect for the guy. He moves through mediums and creates in the spaces he feels called to like it's nothing. He just does it. He's like, I want to do that. I'm going to go do it. (laughs) That takes a lot of guts, though. He had to start from scratch not once, but twice. His story is interesting as fuck, and he was real vulnerable with the trials and tribulations he's had to go through in building a multifaceted career. With that, let's get into it. My name is Ethan Cabral. I'm a filmmaker based out of Toronto, and this is Ego Radio. I have no idea, like, why this room was built, but <laughs> I don't. It's know. definitely like it was definitely like a study or some shit where, like, nah, you know, some sure. old white dude smoked cigars and drank whiskey and like. Exactly, bro. Exactly, yo. This <laughs> guy's definitely just smoking bare cigars in here. <laughs> yeah, man. How's um? How's the quarantine been going for you? What you been up to? Yo, it's been alright, bro. Like I, I was hoping, you know, everyone's been saying this is the perfect time for us creatives to do our thing. And a part of me agrees with that. And a part of me also disagrees with that because I feel like with any creative, it's like when you're told to stay home, it's (laughs) when you're told to stay home and you're like forced to stay home, it's never the same as like actually being here and like, you know, cooking up creatively like i feel like the the, the drive is different so i didn't honestly just been like focusing on you know my well-being and, and health and you know just making sure my mind and my body's where it's supposed to be right now and and also just taking in a lot of like different you know art and and i've been drawing a lot of like shit from like film and tv and and trying to you know just draw inspiration from different places instead of just like me cooped up listening to music (laughs) all the time i feel like that'll just kill me even more but you know mixing it up and like watching new movies i've always heard of that people have been putting me on and i've never got a chance to or you know whatever it may be but you know just just trying to soak up as much inspiration as possible right now what about you bro yeah me honestly i've been on a similar wave because like i have a tendency to like work myself to the point where i'm just like i really don't want to do this shit right now you know yeah no, it's like because i I just because i want it so bad like i'm not i'm not in music i'm in film but it's like similar type scenario where it's like you just you just be in your room bumping music and like trying to figure it out like i just be like you know editing and trying to plan it plan the next film whatever but i think um yeah, I've just been like cooling it, watching movies, chilling. Yeah, I started yeah. playing video games again after like three years. So it's Jeez, like, what you been playing, bro? Bro, I've been playing um Assassin's Creed. This shit's like yo, fantastic. the Assassin's Creed series. Yo, send me that. I'll run through that all, bro. I love that shit. Yo, it's it's incredible the way they merge like history with like just fantasy and shit. It's, it's nah, mad, for bro. sure, for sure, for sure. But then yeah, like honestly, like just like taking time to like watch movies and like really take them in without like having to worry about like because movies are a big like time commitment you know what i mean that's like yeah, two hours no, hour and a half but now you can really just sit and like take them in and not really like even give it a second thought which is being like really really nice no for sure for sure no you, you you have the time to really digest shit right now that's the best part about it like 
you can sit and like take your time processing things and, and watching it again. And that's the one thing I find bare the shit that I've like, I've been uh, watching recently. I just rewatch and I'm like, okay, now like, you know, what can, like, what did I miss? What did I miss? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Are you, would you say you're, you're just as, um, into the visual side of things as you are into the, like the audio side of shit with, uh, Oh, for thing. sure. For sure. Like mm-hmm. ever since, well, because I, I, I grew up as a dancer. Um, oh damn. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, I actually like since the age of seven, I was like competitively dancing for a minute, bro, a minute, and um, yeah, until so I was like I, about. 18. I had no idea. So this was like way before yeah. you got into into yeah, music so or any is, any of that. Exactly. This was kind of like the culmination of like you know, or the cultivation of uh, the love for music for sure. Like me dancing and like being surrounded by music all the time, and and not just you know, not just one sound, but you have so many different genres of dance and and all those genres of dance you know correlate with the music so you have a lot of music going on and like i was doing like latin and ballroom competitively for a while so i was listening to a lot of like oh holy yeah, shit so this yeah. wasn't like you're not just like dancing hip-hop and shit you're like yeah yo it's crazy like i was i was i was full-on like dancing competitively training seven days a week for latin and ballroom hip-hop and then got into like <laughs> ballet jazz modern so i like that's crazy very, like strict um strict dance background but that's how Damn, that's funny because like when you say dance i really imagine like you know kind of like what i see like like the type of shit that i watch on youtube where i see like you know go viral on instagram like just like yeah dancing yo, more real. so like you know part of a crew or like something like that exactly like, no, you were like trained in like classical like yeah yeah well I was, yeah i was training like heavy but like i wasn't necessarily like too trained in like ballet and modern all the like classical stuff as much as i was with like hip-hop and i'm like that's yeah. what i really started with that was like my bread and butter and like every time like i wasn't the technical dancer but when i started like getting into auditions and shit for for dance gigs and and then after that like film and tv and shit i was always just busting out my latin because i was like yo i know no one in this room could probably keep up with that last shit so it sets me apart and i took advantage of that you know what i mean so that was always, always my, like my point of, uh, my, my leverage on, uh, in the room. So I always use, use that to my advantage, you know what I mean? And just like fucking bust it out a fucking cha-cha move or a salsa move whenever I could. <laughs> just cause I was like, okay, I know I can't keep up with these kids in ballet and contemporary and I can't do these fucking like, yeah, yeah. like turns and shit, but I'm a fucking bust out some like sick hip shit and everyone's gonna be like, yo, what was that? So honestly, <laughs> that was like, that was like the way I kind of like solidified myself within the dance scene yeah yeah just because i was like that kid that was doing latin ballroom and then from there um i got i you know i booked a couple sh- like booked a couple gigs and shit and then that was kind of like how i got into acting and then acting and dancing came hand in hand and um yeah that that was like really the start of me being in the entertainment and the art industry in general not even industry but just me being you know, um, passionate about the arts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How do you go from dancing to, to music? Like where, where, where was the, cause like, obviously you had the appreciation for the music, right? Cause like yeah, to yeah. dance, you got to vibe, you got to be one with the music. You got to vibe with exactly, it. Yo, exactly. When did, when did that transition to being like, okay, I'm going to make it. Okay. So it was crazy. Cause I was still working on a set. It's an old series that I did on like family channel. And um, I was working on that as a dancer slash actor. And um, yeah, it was crazy. I think I just like had this urge because my parents would always poke at me about shit. Like, especially if I showed interest in it, they'd like 
just completely poke at me. So like my, my that's stepfather, he wonderful. Shout yeah, out to no, one time. My, that's, my that's parents, fantastic. my parents are like, I'm, I'm indebted to them for sure. Cause they were always supportive about everything. You know what I mean? Like my dad, that's not, not like, your typical Asian parents. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. See like my dad, like my mom is second generation Filipino. Um, so, you know, the, all of our family are nurses, literally every single fucking person in our, in our household is a nurse. Um, so my mom was a nurse for a really long time. And then my dad, he's uh Viet Chin and he's first, he's actually first generation. Um, so he came here when he was like three, he was like literally definition of like fresh off the boat. Like these guys, like they escaped the war in like 79 in Vietnam. And Holy, like the Vietnam war, like they yeah, came here, refugees escaping the Vietnam yeah, war. Yo. So my entire, my entire dad's yeah. side, like my entire Viet Chin side, we all came here in 79 because of that war. And my dad was like really young when he, uh, when he got here. Um, and you know, obviously they grew up in like government homes and like shit like that. Like my dad grew up in, um, like Jane and Finch area. And then the rest of my family kind of like spread out everywhere, Just like in those, in those areas, but definitely like within, you know, rougher communities. So the only way out was like, you know, hustling. And like, so I got, I got, I got a chance to see both perspectives, you know, of what it's like to live the American slash Canadian dream of, you know, um, first generation immigrants. Um, so getting to see that, I feel like my parents always knew that they wanted something different for me. My dad was a little less supportive of not less support. I don't want to say less supportive, but he didn't understand what my mom was trying to do because my mom and my dad split up when I was really young. And so I was with my mom, whatever my mom said, that was it. That was like, that was Bible. You know what I mean? And my dad, it was like, yeah, yeah. I would see him around. I would see him every now and then. And like, it was hard to keep up with like, obviously my mom putting me into, into dance and, and then making sure that I, I, I followed what I love. Cause when I was so like, she kind of saw you take an interest in dance and mm -hmm. she just like kind of gave you the resources and put you exactly. around the people to like, let you foster that ability. Exactly. Exactly. You know, like I, I think I got my start off in dance uh, when I was like in kindergarten or like some shit, like really young. And there was like this like hip hop, like camp program thing that came. And you know, when you have like phys ed and like, there's always those special little programs that they throw. So that was one of them. Yeah, yeah. And yo, I remember like we did a dance to fucking ushers. Yeah. And like Chris Brown. And I, was, like, <laughs> I fucking loved it. Yo. I was like, like sick five-year-old me was just like in love with it. And so I came back home after the program and I told my mom, look, I, I, I love dancing. And I would just dance for hours and like perform and sing for hours. And then so my mom put me into recreational hip hop. Then after that, did a year at Canadian Dance Company, um, which is like a, a, a studio down in Saga. And then when I did recreational hip hop, they saw me and they're like, oh, like we would love to have him part of our like, con like our competitive team. Like, you know, we have, we were always looking for boys and because boy, being a boy in, in the dance world is like fucking like gold you know what i mean like I, got you got you a boy in the dance like in the dance world is like very rare but also like when there are boys dancing it's like people like you know boys are put on a pedestal for sure like girls have it much harder in the dance industry for you sure feel like it's just like it's like a saturation thing like there's a lot more girls trying to i think i think trying to aim for the same spot yeah and i think having a boy dancer while well, at least when i was growing up in like the competitive world a young boy dancer is like a novelty in a sense that like you know, even if they're not that fucking good, they're going to push these kids to like boys to do way better. And like, Oh, really? So like, yeah, they, they really like, it's like, it's, it's like that. You know what I mean? It, I feel like since it's, it's more of like a, I guess within 
the the construct of what you know our society has has built up for the dance world you know dance is a girl like they expect like they they expect the the dudes to come out Mm -hmm. that thing that's going to push their studio forward exactly or not they may not be expecting that from the girls exactly and it's like if you're a really fucking sick girl dancer like okay they'll, they'll, they'll they'll be paying attention to you but boys no, but they, no they won't put level. in as much effort to, exactly. to foster to foster exactly. that ability, bring exactly. it out exactly no for yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. you know so but you know i was always fortunate enough to like have a lot of like cool people around me that was like that were like helping me and shit but it was always like weird seeing that kind of disconnect between you know boys and girls and dance you know but um yeah, yeah. It, it, was, it, it was it's 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 a weird world for sure like it's 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 funny because like just like definitely polarizing <laughs> it's 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 so weird because i feel like there's so many different factors going to what makes there's like obviously like the you can look at it at a societal level in terms of like mm-hmm. how men and women are treated differently but then even yeah. within like the subculture of dance like how yeah like w- what is it that like because it's not like dancing is a more masculine thing or a more feminine thing exactly I mean? yeah yeah that's weird that's interesting. that's interesting i know it's super super weird like trust me like it's like type shit where it's like you you only know that shit if you're a dancer like you only see that shit if you're in that world you know so that's why there's not a lot of shit like there's not a lot of um i don't know i don't think there's any awareness of like what it's like you know the 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 disconnect but disregarding all that shit because yeah yeah, yeah. no but i do i do want to take a step not on always i do want to take a step Mm -hmm. back and talk about like so yeah. like you're growing up, um, mm-hmm. your parents split up and you're trying to yeah. you start dancing. You just I'm trying to dancing. like do this shit. You know what I mean? I'm like doing recreational hip hop learning, like, yeah, yeah. you know, the fundamentals and stuff. So, um, but when I came back and they asked to do the competitive program, my mom was like still in school for, for nursing. And mm. she was like working a bunch of times. She was like, I, like, we can't afford that. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I wasn't able to join then, but then uh, in like, when I was like seven years old, my mom um met her now husband and my stepdad which mm-hmm. he owned his well he now owns his own dance studio the at factory academy which i grew <laughs> that's up like crazy. fucking dancing that's there for crazy. my entire life and like yeah that's yeah. why that's why like getting into it you'll understand how i mean by that like they're they poked me heavy on that because yeah you know yeah. i started training like heavy in that in latin ballroom uh, because mom was like, "Bet you like dancing? Let me go find a man." Shit. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it happened actually because my mom was a dancer too. Like she loved that's, dancing. Okay, up, she okay. Danced. And yeah. you know, and she was a salsa dancer, so that's how she met my uh, stepdad. And then I started taking classes. Didn't know they were dating. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I started taking classes and shit. Um, yeah. And he kind of like he that that literally just built who I am as like the foundation. You know what I mean? um and like your artistic expressive foundation exactly exactly and it was definitely a different world because it's a partner dance and i you know never danced with a partner before and it's all about connection and it's all about you know the flow and the movement you know of like moving together and 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 making sure that you guys are like not moving as as two people but moving as one really just like a, a very a very two bodies um, one mind type of thing. exactly very like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a very natural cur- connection for people to have though for sure um it's just enhanced in the dance in in the dances that you know we've we learned and so from there i started fucking busting my ass off heavy um seven days a week and and then got back into hip-hop a bit but always was just like taking workshops you know like i was always the youngest kid in the room which would help like i always would go to the hardest classes like 
I ain't taking no kids classes. I'm taking like master classes and like, I would be shit a lot of the times, but that was what pushed me. And then obviously a lot of people seen me as a kid doing that. And like, you know, obviously they had respect for my family and like me, because, you know, it's, it's hard being a, like a fucking 11, 10 year, you know, like 11, 10 year old dancing with a bunch of like 20 and you know 25 year olds and shit you know what I mean like it was it was like a lot of that and and so that was like always a big push for me because I was always surrounded what was the what was the driving factor for you at that point when you're that young because it's like I just wanted to be the best fucking dancer in the world and I just wanted to (laughs) like Michael Jackson has always been my biggest my biggest inspiration in terms of like entertainment and like performance damn okay Yeah, yeah and so and so like I just wanted to be like MJ man so I just love I truly just loved dancing and so when i like started going on auditions for like dance shit and stuff like i i had my first audition at like 11 when it was like a i, I like picked up break dancing with my buddies and um so i did this like random audition that my mom found out about and from there was when i was like okay mom we need to find like an agent like how do we do this like me and my mom literally figured out everything for when it came to like the the film and tv industry by ourselves like we're just like how does it work what do you need? So yeah, we, found yeah, out, yeah. we found out that there was a, an, uh, a union called Actra signed up for Actra. Um, we uh, just started scoping out different um, opportunities in terms of auditions. And luckily I was able, or not auditions, but agent meetings and auditions. And luckily I was able to uh, lock down a meeting with Sherry Qualenberg, which is my agent now um, till this day. Uh, and she really like, pushed for me as a kid and got me in a lot of rooms. And then I started booking, you know, more shows. And then I started doing some family, family channel shit with like the next step and like another show that I, I was talking about. So at about this point you're, you're acting and you're dancing now. Exactly. So all okay. acting and dancing. And by this time I'm like, when I started doing next step, I was 13. And then I started doing other shit. And I was like, like I worked pretty much every year, except for like a few years since I started which was like when I was like 11. So then I booked like a TV show called Dino Dan. And then it was like some like dinosaur show for kids. It was crazy. Bro. <laughs> it was like literally the most, like the most embarrassing shit you could find of me on the internet. If you just search up my like actual name, um, you can find. That's all, how you like, know you're going to be a, you're, you're building a legacy, bro, from for kids to adults, bro. Like you're going to. I'm trying to, bro. <laughs> I'm trying to. And like during this time too, I'm like working on this shit. I'm also teaching at my dad's studio. Uh-huh. And then I yeah, yeah. went to Cawthra for dance or went to Cawthra for drama first and then did some like dance show. And then they asked me to switch to dance. Cause so mm-hmm. then it was like either, which one do you want to do drama or dance? And then I ended up picking dance because drum i just i just needed to be with music and um you know ev- all through all throughout my dance and acting training i found my love for singing at the same time and like you know me and my buddies would just like poke around and like try and write songs and shit like that and like you know really playful and like childish shit because we're kids um and this was all around their age so like this is around the age of like 11 to 18 now like we'll, we'll say that's the timeline 11 to like 19 yeah. so around these times was like when i was like really cultivating shit when i turned um 16 or 17 i can't remember i think 16 17 i started doing backstage um so we started filming backstage in 2015 so i was 16 um is backstage uh, like a show or is are you yeah so it was another like family channel show and gotcha, uh, gotcha. yeah and it was like pretty much set in an art school like an art high school 
Okay, so okay. it was literally like my life. Like it was literally my life. I was like, <laughs> I'm at an art school. Like all the shit that we see here is not. Like, you were just playing yourself on it. Exactly. Show. It's like it's it's not about your rare. actual high school experience. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it was yeah. hella. It was like it was like fame. Like that fucking like the the TV show from the 80s or 90s. I can't remember. But like fame was like a huge show. Um, also turned into a movie. But it was literally like backstage was kind of like the Family Channel rendition of Fame meets the next step meets whatever that they've already been doing, and. At that time, I was like working on the first, like the first season, 2015, and uh, me and a couple of the dancers, like me and my my, I think, I think he's around, like I, he's my boy, but um, we worked on uh, backstage together. His name is Jordan, um, Jordan Lane. He goes by Sus Daddy and shit, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yo, and like and or he has like a million names actually, but. Um, he's also a guy that's like in, in and around Toronto as a dancer slash he's a DJ as well and shit like that. Cool guy. I think he did. I, I think he modeled in some, some of the LPHS shit. Oh, um, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he did. Pretty sure he did. But yo, like he's, if anyone got me into like producing, like I'm not gonna lie that he was the one because we were working on backstage and like every time we'd be on lunch, we mean him would just like chill, kick up, like yeah, yeah. skateboard and shit. And I would just chill and like, catch vibes and then he pulled out his phone one day and he was like yo i got this app and i was like what is this and it was literally a, like a beat making app it's called i machine and it's on it's on iphone all on whatever and like he showed me this app and he's just making beats on his iphone i'm like what the fuck i want this so I bought the <laughs> app and i literally could not put it down like i was just like yeah, yeah, yeah. on like my fucking iphone and then he started making beats like crazy started sending me shit and i was like writing stuff on it singing like literally doing like photo booths so like, super you know? organic you were never like okay i'm super trying to do this organic. thing it's just like you were just super like organic. you just as organic as it gets like grass-fed uh-huh, whole grain type shit like a hundred percent like i was honestly like for the big chunk of my life uh disregarding like the four years that i've been doing music or working on music and like working towards it um i thought i was gonna be an actor or dancer for the rest of my life and then i was like Man, this shit is dead. Are you are you done with acting now? Or are you are you like? Still- I don't want to say I'm done, but because uh, you know I. It's not your I main think, focus anymore. It's definitely like my, music is my priority right now, and like. Is there a fire alarm going on? My, my cousins are cooking. They, I think that should be oh, gone in like two seconds. <laughs> not yo, dude. You're actually great at like narrating your story. The story of your Thank life. Thank like, you, bro. No, I'm, it's with me. It's like I'm so scatterbrained sometimes that I'm like, oh my lord. Okay, it's gone now. But let me grab something real quick. It'll be like two seconds. Bad, bro. And had to get the vapors. Really I know weird. I had to. <laughs> I had to, yo. This quarantine's got me. Like I quit, and then I was like smoking bare weed, and I was like, I can't just keep smoking weed. I'm gonna get way too high. And then I'm literally like <laughs> sitting on the couch, and I'm like, okay, maybe I could hit this like every now and then. It's not too too bad for me, but yeah, yo. Uh, yeah. Where was I? No, I oh. went on the same. I've been through the same cycle with that shit, bro. <laughs> bro, it's always on and off, man. It's hard. It's but like so the thing is, it's like if it's not mine. And I'm, mm. I'm cool you know what i mean this is like, that's what like, i'm saying bro. Like, <laughs> it's not mine i don't mind i don't mind doing it unless i don't like have to sleep with it at night like that's i'm good i'm good uh, you know what I mean? yeah that moment when it's like it's like you check your pockets and it's not there and you're like Fam, that's when like, you're like all right it's not this is this shit was a, too into your shit's a problem bro shit is a problem like i remember when i was shit, like well, i threw out all my vapes that i own and i was like fuck this shit because like 
I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was coughing like so much. It was ruining my voice. And then, yo, I just, I just took in like, I was just like breathing one day and I'm like, this isn't how I used to be. This isn't right. This isn't, like, <laughs> this isn't right. Well, it feels off. Yeah. yeah. No, for real, yo. And it's crazy. Cause like, you know, it's really bad when you're literally trying to sleep and you're like, fuck, just one more hit. And then, <laughs> and then you, I keep going back to, I'm like, nicotine, like that, man. Nicotine exactly. is the, it's the devil, bro. Exactly. Yo, it is the fucking devil. And it's crazy. My next single is literally about my struggles with nicotine, which is really cool. And it's yeah, like, it's crazy. That reminds me of, have you heard um, Logic's song about nicotine? No. Like he, it's like, it's on his first, everything after his first, like his debut album and like his, yeah. all his albums before his debut album were like amazing. Everything Bruh. after that, decent, okay, whatever. Agreed, agreed. But, and um, his mixtape, his mixtape era on fucking SoundCloud. So that was li- so that literally was the shit that got me through high school. Logic's mixtape era, Chance the Rapper, Vic Mensa, like all those, like all the fucking oh, yeah. um, Save oh, Money yeah. crew and shit. And then Childish Gambino when he was popping off on like 2014. Like, oh man, like shit. What like those were man. those are the artists that like even like personally like got me excited about music. Cause like before like, that I was definitely agreed, right? Definitely agree. I think it just hit like a chord in, in our generation in terms of like what was sure. the next sound, what was the evolution of music gonna be uh, as we move forward in like the culture and shit. Twenty fourteen to twenty sixteen, the music in that world was just so refreshing and like new and like I don't know. Also, we were young. Right? Like, I don't know what what exactly. what year are you? Are you a ninety nine? I'm ninety nine. Yeah, I'm ninety nine. Okay, okay, I'm a two thousand. So like, so okay, okay, right? okay, like, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like we're like yeah. It's like we're just like coming of age, and it's like exactly, exactly. It's and it's like it, it was definitely a lot of shit that like helped us kind of you know understand our emotions and and, and be aware. Oh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. it was it was cool because it was a lot of like it was hip hop, a lot of hip hop, but it was way more introspective. And it was, I feel like it was all, like our generation's version of like the, the 90s golden age of hip hop, where it's like the real, <laughs> like gritty, like before, before all that Nas shit was popping, before fucking Wu Tang and all that shit, it was like New Jack Swing and like late 80s, like, you know what I mean? So it was like all that shit. And then when that hit, it like fucking, blew everyone's minds and everyone wanted to be on that philosophical shit and then it obviously it, it, it kept evolving and then i feel like 2014 2016 was like our version of like okay how do we make what is what has been solidified in the culture in terms of hip-hop and and, and music in general and how do we make it our own and that's like that's definitely what happened then you know what i mean i remember like seeing juice world on soundcloud and i was like he's literally nowhere else but he's racking like millions of sh- like millions of streams like who is this kid first time i heard him i was like this is post malone i was like i heard per- i thought it was post malone and i looked and i'm like this isn't what well, i was like listening and i was like holy fuck and then like he was just like on like that that wave back then too with soundcloud and shit and like SoundCloud's honestly, a huge to, thing. To, to be like super honest like i don't like like i was I, I was amped to get you on the show because like i feel like even with your music as it sounds a little bit like in my humble opinion, that next step, a little bit of that next step, the next evolution of where they Thank you, bro. Thank you so much. I and appreciate I'm not, that shit. Not, not capping. I'm not kissing any ass. You know what I mean? Like, you, if bro. shit's mediocre, I'll, I'll say it's, you know what I mean? You wouldn't be, I, would, I wouldn't want to have this conversation otherwise. You know what I, you know what I mean? Oh, for um, sure. I wouldn't want you to have a conversation with me either, y'all. Trust me, bro. <laughs> if I wasn't making good, like, if I wasn't making, like, 
different shit. I don't like saying yeah, good yeah. shit, but like different shit than like fuck, man. I, yeah, I no, definitely it's be like, searching. Yeah, and it's so so as you so just to backtrack a little bit. So you're yeah. you're 16. You're on the set. You're spending your lunch breaks on set. Making and I'm beats. slowly realizing how much I don't want to do it anymore. That was mm. the thing. That was the thing. You kind of grow to like hate coming to set every day. And you're like, you wake up in the morning. Never like, on set. Never on set. I loved being on set because of work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have my shit. And I'm like, I know I'm going to fucking do my thing. And I'm like, have a good day. You know what I mean? Never a bad day on set. There's never ever you, such yeah. thing as a bad day on set. Yo, unless I you want, the same unless you want being, to be that way. Being on set. And not 100%. Because it's like, the thing that I love about being on set is that everyone is putting their best foot forward. Like exactly. there might be a couple of assholes. It's a collective like, effort. Yeah, it's a team sport. That's what I like to for say, sure. right? It's like, for sure. Because you can't make a great film without having everyone put their ego aside and just exactly. bring their, bring their, bring, bring, play their little part. Exactly. And like, that's, so. that's the thing. It's just a culmination of little parts making something bigger than them. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. that's always what the goal is, you know? So I never even thought about myself as like being an actor or some <laughs> shit, you know? It's just like, yo, I'm fucking working. Like, I'm this is work. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is fucking work. And I'm trying to impress everyone in the room with mm-hmm. my work. I'm not trying to like do it. Like, obviously I'm like, including me, I want to impress myself and like, make sure that I'm performing at the best of my capabilities. But at the same time, I want to make sure that everyone leaves here thinking like, Oh, well, that was really cool. Or like, Oh, that, you know what I mean? Like Colin did really Nilo. I should say Nilo did this really cool. Or like or, yeah, Nilo yeah, yeah. performed really well, or Nilo really like got it together and, and executed. Like, that's always my thing. I always just want to, like, come into a room and execute. And, like, sometimes, like, the self-doubt comes in where I'm like, do I, can I, can I do that? Especially with mm-hmm. music. Like, music is the scariest thing because there's no script. There's no choreography. There's no nothing, none of that. You know what I mean? It's just all. And it's just you. Exactly. And it's all purely just based on your ear and, like, mm-hmm. and, and also the way you want to perform it and execute it. Like, music can be executed in any way. So yeah, it's yeah, like. Yeah having a crutch all the time i i I feel like it was like definitely like having a crutch when i was like acting and dancing because Mm -hmm. it was like i always had that like structure i always had that thing that i'm like i could always revert back to and i'm like okay like i don't have to stress but when i go into a studio and i don't know what the fuck i'm doing i'm like holy shit you know what i mean but then me wanting that structure and have you know wanting that that um that that i don't even want to call it crutch but you know what i mean that that structure and wanting something to refer to was what made me like have this drive to just like always have notes like my notes full my voice notes full so whenever i go into that studio like i have an idea of where i want to go or have a vibe you know what i mean have something like something to refer to so you touched on something i think like what strikes me as like super interesting about your story so far is that like it wasn't you didn't you you just did what you wanted to do period like you didn't let resistance stop you for sure you you didn't let the fear stop you you just kind of lived it because like, yeah. everyone feels fear to a certain extent. I think the people who just push past it and do what they want to do, it's just that they have a different, it's just a different perspective on the same emotion. Like yeah. someone else who wants to dance, who wants to sing, who wants to express themselves, however that may be, like you're feeling the same fear that they're feeling, you know? Yeah. But the only difference is that your perspective on it in terms of your ability mm-hmm. to put uh, resistance aside, that thing that in your gut that fear that you feel you know before you start spitting on the mic before yeah. you <laughs> start put the first layer of beats down on ableton 100%. whatever that may be you know yeah how do you face that and like come correct every every day honestly i feel like this 
applies to everything, no matter what you're doing. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're a creative and visual art, if you're a graphic designer, if you're anything, whatever it may be, it's always about getting comfortable with the people around you and your network. So whenever I would go into an audition room, I would, the first thing I'd be like, Hey, how are you? How's your day? Strike up conversation. That's something that like helps you lose the, the kind of like the, that, 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 that fog, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like you walk into oh, a room. I know exactly. And, I know exactly what you're saying. It's like, yeah, you sitting here, you're cozy. You're in your studio. You're in your house. Your mind is clear. Exactly. The moment you're put in a stressful situation, that clarity starts to fade. There's more. Exactly. Of a in your mind. And especially if you're prioritizing your thoughts on what's about to happen, especially like <clears throat> if you're, if you're, that wasn't Corona. That was just weed. <laughs> I was just about to say, man. <laughs> Yo, that's just too much weed. All right. Like, sounding kind of sus. I know, bro. I know. Every time I cough, I have to say that. I'm like, is anyone here? <laughs> Yo, but fuck, man. Um, yeah. I Yo, think apparently it, um, my homie was in line at Sobeys. And uh, someone coughed in line and they literally got security co- to come escort them out of the store. <laughs> oh my gosh. Free up. Free up the guys. <laughs> Free up the guys. Yo, fuck. Free the guys. But Free my guys who smoke just are just cheap and bare loud. And exactly. Kind of exactly. Yo, I'm not, I'm not trying to cause no problems. That's why I haven't left the house because I know I will cough. I know I will cough. So I'm like, yo, I'm staying, staying clear from that shit for sure, bro. For sure. But yeah, but, yeah um, you were saying... um. You, you go in, you say, hi, what's up? How was your day? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's up you, the tension. You, you break that boundary. You know what I mean? In terms of like, you walk in and you know that there's like a big scary person in the room watching you or like, you know, critiquing or judging you. It's, it's never like that. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's like if you walk into a room and, and you have the understanding that whoever you're going to see in this room is there solely to see you do well and, and only benefit you, then that's that's when you're, you can kind of like sit back and be like, okay, that's, it's, it's not that scary, you know? And like, so striking conversation and making it more personal than business, you know, and building genuine connections. Treating people like humans, not exactly, like interaction. Exactly, like, exactly. Really it's like you walk into a room as an actor, dancer, whatever, but you're, you're a person, you're a human mm-hmm. first, you know what I mean? And the people that are, you're so scared over that you're like nervous about, like those people are humans too. And they're going to go home to their, to their fam and, 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 you know, to their dog and or cat and shit. And like, just like chill, kick up, watch Netflix and eat dinner. So it's, 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 it's literally just about breaking that mystique behind the, the fog. Um, and also just remembering that, you know, if you're going to ask somebody for something or if you're going to talk to somebody or, if you're going to go into an audition or if you're going to do this, do that. The worst possible thing is you get a no or no answer. And once you realize it's like, okay, how much can that really like damage me as a person? Like it could damage my self-esteem if I let it, it could damage, you know, my perception of the art if I let it. But if you just remember, it's like, you know, sometimes there's moments where you have to sit back and be like, maybe they said no, because it for a not completely other reason, or maybe it was like at a time where I wasn't as, as, as strong and, and as, 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 um, you know, grounded in my art and my craft as I was then, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, Mm. it's, it's a lot of just like understanding other people and understanding and being aware of the, the nature of the business, you know? And, and at the end of the day, it's like, 
you build the networks around you and you build genuine connection, people will keep an eye on you and people will keep tabs with you because it's like they want, people want to work with people they want to work with. People want to work with nice people. People want to work with genuine people. People don't want to work with people that don't reciprocate the energy that they give. So, you know, it's, it, it's really just about breaking the mystique and, and understanding that it's not the end of the world if you get a no. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's about seeing people as humans first. Remembering exactly. that you're before... Because like, I think when you step into a situation like that, it's very mm-hmm. easy to get, uh, you know, one, on, a, on a single track and be like, exactly. this is the only thing that matters right now. If, and you're, you're not going to be consciously saying this to yourself because if you were, yeah. you'd instantly recognize how ridiculous what you're saying is, right? 100%. If, but what exactly. you're feeling is like, yo, this is the only thing that matters right now. Getting this audition, like getting yeah. this next, getting these next 16 bars, right? Getting whatever, you know, it's like, and yeah. when you get into that one track mind and you lose focus of the bigger picture, that's yeah. when fear can really cripple you. And Exactly. And at the end of the day, exactly. it's like you, you, you have to understand that like no one's going to put in the work and no one is going to push you as an individual in the, in the industry, as much as yourself, people will be there to support you and people will there be there to believe in you and give you that oomph, that push to go and, 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 and support you in different ways, whether it be, you know, casting director, giving you that audition or a producer mm-hmm. being like, yo, mm-hmm. let me cook up with this kid or send him a beat packer. I like this kid's sound or shit like that. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, you're going to, you're going to be the one in charge of, and in, in charge of dictating your future and in, in charge yeah, of yeah, dictating yeah. your vision. You know, and like that was that's the one thing. It's like as much as as much as you have around you, you have to make sure that like you're utilizing it to the best of your abilities and efficiently. You know what I mean? Don't waste anybody's time. You know, don't talk your shit unless you can back it up. And and just and just push yourself, push yourself, and keep keep on like understand that as artists and as creatives, we're in a constant uh, development period, and we're in a constant evolution. You know, so it, it it's it's always about evolving and it's always about learning so every situation every no every rejection every whatever is a lesson and it is it's just fuel to keep you going and also just you know it's a a moment of evolution for you you know yeah yeah 110 percent you gotta you gotta fall in love with the process not like exactly trying to get some specific end result exactly exactly that's why like in recent years i've fallen so deeply uh in love with and just like just become very passionate about just kind of like uh various facets of eastern spirituality yeah because to me i, I grew up a very like uh I, I would never say i was an atheist or anything like that um but i was very agnostic i was like you know like i, yeah. I was very materialist i'm like yeah the world yeah. is what it is fucking shit is what it is yeah right and then i i think the more i kind of look look beyond to see some of the philosophy behind these things it's like to exist in this world in a place of peace right yeah yeah where you're executing at a level where you're doing the things that you really want to do and you're kind of you know you're expressing what all the the jumble of emotions that are inside you communicating that to the people around you for sure while while still being grounded in who you are and not just giving into what everyone else wants you know it's like 100 percent. i think that every you know like the reason that that came to my mind is is just because like with what you're saying right i think Mm -hmm, a lot mm -hmm. of it comes back to remembering what fundamentally mm-hmm. is important to you as an individual exactly uh, because it's really easy to see like people popping off or it's it's really easy to see events external to you mm-hmm. make a comparison in your mind exactly and then 
run run off to wild conclusions you know for sure and and but if you're already there personally like if you're already there in that place of high worth personally where you value yourself and you know that you're you are of that caliber and you will put in that you will put in that level of effort you know it's not it doesn't become about uh, proving your worth you know you're worthy it just becomes about putting your best foot forward exactly and that's the one thing you know um something that our society has has definitely built up within all of us subconsciously is like the idea that happiness is a valued thing. And what I mean by that is, you know, we see people doing well and we value that as like a, a, a happiness, you know what I mean? And it's like, oh, they're, they must be really happy because they're doing this or, you know what I mean? But like, there's no value to happiness. It's just happiness. You know, I think that the definition applies and, and changes with every person and every individual. And it's like, how are you basing your own perception of happiness on someone else's life? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It should definitely, it, it should be about like what will make you happy. And, and it's, 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 it's always like, I think happiness is always a fleeting, a fleeting um, accomplishment for people because, you know, the more things that you obtain, you know, it, sometimes it feels harder to be happy because of all these things and all the kind of, you know, the, the noise around you. And so it's at the end of the day, it's like, fundamentally, it's just, what are the things that keep us at our peak performance at the, at, at, at all times and our peak happiness at all, all times? Because it's like, you know, Dude, I can be- and that's, that's exactly what I think it's about mm-hmm. as an artist. And it's like, you're, you're speaking my language, man. Like, that's mm-hmm. really like why I even started this podcast. It's like, yeah, as, yeah. as creatives, like there's no school, there's no like, place we can go to mm-hmm. to learn what it takes to have what you're really talking about is creative sustainability right yes like yeah. how can you sustainably be in like a peak creative state where exactly. you're able to bring that energy you're able to bring that energy able <laughs> Yo, to express for yourself sure. every day you know? for sure bro exactly it's like i could be cooped up in here in the studio cooking beats from the time i wake up to the time i fall asleep and i could probably come out with like a a hell of like a hell lot of hot beats but at the end of the day it's like how am I going to feel at the end of the night? You know what I mean? Whereas like sometimes I'm like, okay, I need time to just be outside or I need time to watch a fucking movie or I need time to eat and chill and play my fucking animal crossing on switch or whatever it may be. You spend know time I mean? with friends, you know, exactly. Like, spend time with friends, spend yeah, time with family. Yeah. And like somebody was telling why? me, why? Because like, you're a goddamn human first. Right? Exactly. Like, and it's so it's easy. Crazy, to I, that I literally like chasing yeah. these, these, you know, these are like grand desires of, exactly, of what you know you're exactly. capable of. Exactly. And, and with the, the, um, the creative sustainability side, somebody explained it to me really well um, today, this morning, actually, that, you know, this idea that our creativity and inspiration is like a well. And it's something that you're constantly pulling out of. You know what I mean? But if you just keep pulling, 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 pulling out of it, you're going to run out. You know what I mean? It's, it's the the actual experience, life experience, the going out to fucking Trinity Bellwoods and smoking a, a spliff with your homies. It's it's you know going out and having a good time. It's it's you know enjoying what's around you, enjoying the present, enjoying nature, enjoying your own successes that you've accomplished already, and and and, and just being able to like you know extend that gratitude for uh, for for the time being it's like that's the thing that's going to fill that well back right you know so mm-hmm. it's like it's constantly mm-hmm. just living and work and creating living and creating are like very symbiotic you know what i mean it's like they go hand in hand you cannot create without living and 
just living in general is going to want you to create something no matter what it may be in in you living that life that fulfills the needs of your soul of your ego of like you know Mm -hmm. as you fulfill those needs your natural inclination is going to be to share that with the world yeah you know whether you're in uh, what you what you can see as art or exactly whether you're a fucking engineer or whether yeah you're like, whatever it is right like when you it all applies serve all the applies. needs of, of of yourself first you can really bring that energy exactly yeah, exactly yeah. and and you know i feel like working so much at that age when i was like falling in love with music and making music working so much at that age was kind of like it was it was definitely draining more draining than i than i realized because it's like now that i'm at the point where i have a better understanding of my emotions and and a better understanding of my upbringing mm-hmm. it was definitely like draining and and it's hard for a kid to understand that feeling because yeah, um, it's not like you came from money right so for you yeah. you're going up to do these shows and it's still it's an opportunity for you to do well for your family it's an opportunity exactly. for you to secure your future and it's like uh, exactly all the things that we've been going through anyone else's mind you know on no, top for of sure the needs yeah. of, you know on top of your own personal evolution exactly and at a young age working in the film industry when there wasn't really any asians at all in the film industry subconsciously or no actually consciously because i knew as a kid i knew but it was instilled in me at a young age um this idea of wanting to not just put on my family but like put on our culture you know what i mean and like represent the asian community as best as i can that was always a thing i was like i just want to be that asian that like can break down these barriers and then and and open these doors and and so for me to work on that backstage shit it was like cool because i was a series regular i was i was like i was a series regular and my name was like sasha definitely not an asian name but i was just like this cool dancer kid and i'm like i've never seen an asian play that except for in glee but even then there's like very heavy undertones of like being Asian in Glee where it's like backstage. I wasn't, it it was like, obviously, obviously I'm Asian. So the character was Asian, but it was never like, it it never felt like I had to play on this Asian stereotype or it never Mm -hmm. felt like I had to like be your regular old. I grew up in Canada. I'm North American. Exactly. Exactly. It was like, you know, that was the one thing like growing up, it's like you see all the typecast, Asians in in the, in the industry. Yo, and like likewise, it's very similar being Indian. You know, it's like I see like how many like taxi sure. cab drivers and like for sure. I shop see, owners. I see us. Like, I, I see all of us. All of us as as a community for sure. Because it's like 100%. no matter what, it's like it's like Asian men, nerdy, good at math, <laughs> no like very one dimensional in terms of character. Asian females, same way it's either this anime fucking fighter ninja warrior with fucking highlights in her hair or a school girl. That's just like, that doesn't know a fucking lick of English or whatever it may be. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the mm-hmm. very typical typecast. And then, you know, obviously for Indian, it's, it's exactly what you said. And it's like, we all, you know, we all have the one thing is like our stories have been told for generations in this industry generations but we have never been able to really fully harness the narrative behind it mm-hmm. and that's why there's like we are we have been controlled to you know we have been controlled as as minorities under these stereotypes for the longest time because it's like you know they were like i'm, I'm talking about like whitewash hollywood and like shit like that like 
the people that run the shit. And that has like huge implications on how people grow up in terms of like exactly what who people think that they can become as individuals. And I, I'm gonna take this uh, exactly. a little bit further in terms of like how deeply that I think that can really affect people whether you're, you're in the entertainment industry or not, right? Because everyone yeah. consumes entertainment yeah. regardless of like whether you're in the industry or not. And it's like exactly in the past i touched on this on my last podcast so i'm gonna go over it really briefly but yeah, i think yeah. you i think you'll i think you'll uh catch the vibe for what lay i'm it saying on me, lay it on me. It's, the role that religion used to fulfill is yeah. now fulfilled by like media like kanye 100%. west is praised like, the way that god used to be praised you know you know what 100%. i'm saying 100 so, and it's all these constructs in order to control people it's it's just, it's just control mm-hmm. you know it's like it's like the top one percent or whatever maybe like the, the the small group of of powerful people wanting to yeah, control yeah. The masses and and yeah like that's what that's what religion is built off of and that's what the media is definitely built off of it's it, it's very i've never even i i never put those two and two and two together but like it's very much because so what high. like religion as it was is dead you know like it still exists but people 100%. don't go to church with the same like vigor but people do watch media with that same vigor people exactly like, what are the, the bible isn't influencing you what is influencing exactly. you the media and, that you watch the people that you look up to exactly and the thing about religion is like pardon me if this is the wrong word for it because i'm not i don't know how to like really translate this but there's so many different subgenres of like religion and like the Mm. like and 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 i feel like there's a place for everyone and like i personally i think that if people need to confide and and find support and 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 optimism within religion then by all means like do it because there's places for that you know what i mean like mm-hmm. there's there's different there's different you know there's plenty plenty of religions that are open to whatever you feel you know obviously there's the the rules and constructs and regulations but like there's a place for everybody you know so there's, I mean? there's a lot of different schemas and perspectives among exactly, the various different exactly. religions that you can fall into and feel like you belong to exactly exactly but with media it's like Mm-hmm. You're, you're 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 talking about everybody you know you're what talking I mean? about it's the like, culture of a country you're talking about the culture of the world at this point the way that yeah, everything's 100 percent. 100 i think i think i think def- there's obviously different you know there's there's different um cultural ideologies and like mentalities in different countries for sure yeah, yeah. um obviously but as a whole it's it's always built on this like you know, even in Asia, there's a there's a heavy, heavy undertone of racism within Asian cultures where it's like, you know, Japanese don't like Vietnamese people because they're too dark and they're foreign people. And, you know, like, like really, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yo, it's like in the Philippines, like where my where, like where my my grandmother is from, my grandmother is definitely like someone I, I fucking love. Like she passed away um, around two years ago, over two years Rest ago. In peace. And, rest in peace, rest in power. Um, but, you know, I could tell that my grandma was definitely heavily influenced by the culture in the Philippines because mm-hmm. um, there's, um, you know, there's this mentality that the darker you are, the poorer you are. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it was always, especially within women and, 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 and the female idea of beauty. That, what, and that's, that's the same thing in India. Like even exactly. with some of uh, my relatives, I can tell you, yeah. it's, it's, it's very much like the dark, like the, your skin tone plays a huge factor in exactly. what you feel like you can achieve in your life, which is preposterous. Exactly. Exactly. Just, just taking that back to media. It's like that, if those kind of mindsets get perpetuated, 
exactly and that's the the only exactly the only way to spread that shit is the media the the only way to spread those ideologies is the media and that's why that's how you you change the narrative exactly and that's why like specifically north american um ideology and like and, and culture it they have perpetuated so many stereotypes that is that's hard for every minority to kind of break through because they've been implemented in 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 you know in our society for like you know the since the 50s you know what i mean it, it, it's 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 tricky because it's like that's all people really like know right now you know what i mean yeah, like yeah, yeah, like it's, it's I, hard to take a step back and look at something when you're in it like if you're exactly in the thing, right like if you're a part exactly. of the drawing you can't look at the drawing because you 100%, are 100 100 100 right so you know i've always made it a goal of mine to to just fucking burn those drawings you know what i mean and and create something new and like not i'm not i'm not i'm not trying to you know it's 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 more of just i think the most important thing is for every cultural group and like minority group and everything you know what i mean i think the most important thing for us is to be able to just dictate our narrative you know what i mean i'm not asking i'm not asking for everyone everyone in in the fucking industry to all of a sudden just be asian or like you know like <laughs> you know what i mean like i don't i'm not seeing as this as like oh i'm, we're, I'm trying to like talk. to you it's it's not it's not about like having like an all asian cast and crew and like having your own exactly. all asian show and like exactly. fuck friends let's make the whole cast of friends asian like no nah, it's exactly. not about that it's like exactly it's, it's, i think it's about I like the, for the asian characters that. that we do bring in and that we yes. do have represented 100%. let's have it be a realistic portrayal of what exactly like, like uh, the way you were describing like it's very like one-dimensional when you see asian characters like, exactly let's have exactly. some goddamn three-dimensional human beings right exactly the story's and always like, more I complex feel like than what it seems it, on the it's surface. building blocks and it's building blocks you know what i mean you can't you can't you know implement that in the culture so quickly you know that's why when you see like those spin-offs of things with like a mass of people it's it's really cool and i appreciate it and i respect it but at the same time people are just gonna look at that and be like oh that's an all this cast or like oh that's a blank movie you know what i mean like and I people think won't Canadian, take it as serious super fortunate we, we have a really interesting perspective being Canadian exactly it's like the amount of diversity that we just like like i don't even think about it like i don't think about diversity as a concept until yeah. it's brought up in this context you know what yeah I mean? exactly and then we i'm just like have to oh paint that right though exactly it's like we just have to paint the reality you know what i mean it's like we are all individual and we are all we have all different experiences and different upbringings and different mentalities and different personas and characters that whatever it may be but like as long as we're able to emphasize that and make sure that people understand that like look we're in a completely different time where we you know there's i don't really think you know there's such thing as 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 I don't know. It's weird. It's like, it's, I feel like an Asian Canadian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, like I, obviously I'm Asian, but it would, it would kind of be disrespectful, disrespectful for me to just be Asian because I have not, I'm not, I don't know any of the languages. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I haven't, yeah. I haven't been home to actually experience the culture and the, like the roots, but mm-hmm. I have an Asian Canadian identity and Asian Canadian story, which is like, definitely still like my roots and like my my asian heritage is very important to me but there's also so much things that have also influenced me that i might have not seen if i was still back in the philippines or still in vietnam or china you know so it's like definitely just like emphasizing 
North American, you know, be like the North American vernacular of what it means to be a minority. Yeah, what it means to be you, someone who has parents who immigrated here from from Asia. Exactly. Exactly. You know, that growing up, the culture that you had in your house was very different. Yeah. You know, and like that's fundamentally first and foremost where you become who you are, right? Then you exactly. go out, then you leave the comfort of your home, you go into the world, and that becomes your second introduction to a culture beyond whatever's going on inside your own head. Right? Exactly. exactly. And so yeah, so the identity that you form is very much split in split in half. And like even in it terms is. of like you're talking about the languages and shit, like yeah. I'm in the same boat, bro. Like yeah, I'm like real, I don't yeah. I don't I don't speak Hindi, I don't speak Punjabi, I don't speak Tamil. Like these are like so it's like um, but I'm very much Indian, right? My name's exactly. Ethan Goddamn Cabral. Like that's the exactly. whitest <laughs> name you're gonna get. But yeah. at the same time, like, yo, I come from India. Like, my parents moved here in '95. You know, it's not. It's not like yeah. It's it's different uh, because you know I, I feel you. Like I identify as Canadian, but I also identify as Indian, and it's uh exactly. It's it's representing the the. I, I, it's it's about representing something that's nuanced. You know, like not like, exactly. But stepping out of all this like social justice warrior bullshit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh tell me tell me a little bit about what it's been like what your music career has been like in terms of uh just like from tell me tell me from you being a 16 year old chilling at your lunch break making beats to where you're at now like paint me paint me a picture all right yo so um when i started really fucking around with the shit and i realized i really wanted to like produce uh-huh. And make beats, not just on my phone, but like learn the craft. Tell me your most your most recent tracks. Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, yeah, but did you produce those? Because the beats on those are fucking ridiculous. So that was that was actually all production by um, my producer named Colin Monroe. He's a fucking genius. So back in the day, he was like, like I remember watching him back in the day when he did um, he did like a flashing lights Kanye remix. Oh and shit! Okay, okay. So he was like, he was like, yeah, man, like he was working with Drake. He's working with like. Kanye, Kendrick, like really cool people, and he's cultivated his sounds to like a perfect, like to a perfection. You know what I mean? And like, and harnessed his craft, in my opinion, to like a perfection. You know, and 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 he's like one of the most brilliant minds creatively. And so working with him, like literally, yo, all the songs that I'm dropping in the like next while, um, yeah, yeah. we all did that in like a seven day stretch of making music because he's from LA, like he lives in he's from toronto moved to la lives in la and he flew out um to work with me for a week straight got and you got you within those seven days we were able to cook up like two two songs a day and so from there like that was kind of where that's i found incredible. my sound too that's two songs a day holy shit yeah yeah so y'all, made made album, that, y'all made an album in a week yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get back to that though, because it's like the fucking story behind the whole year of 2019. Yeah, tell me your journey, man. Tell me your journey. Insane, bro. So I picked up Ableton because my mom had a friend that was a DJ, and my mom, <laughs> being her, she's always like, as soon as I tell her or express like a a, a passion or a, a, yeah, a, yeah, like a, an interest in something, she'll look around, and she, she's like my mom. She's a momager for sure. Like she's like on it. So she was talking to her friend that is a DJ and told me about. Um, this like this producer based out of Mississauga. His name is Hamlet. He's fucking amazing. Oh yeah, yeah, I know Hamlet. Hamlet's yeah, wonderful, wonderful dude. He's my mentor, bro. He is. No my, way. Okay, okay. He's the only like he, I can a hundred percent say that he is the only reason why I know how to produce. Like goddamn. Okay. So he was yeah. the one that like I linked up with, and he cracked Ableton on my shit, 
I have a bot now, so anyone, <laughs> no, I'm good now, but I had it cracked and then was working on that shit. Um, and every week I would like link up with him and I would make something and then he would come in and like tell me how to like brush it up, refine it and add his own stuff to it. And it was just like a, a, a work process like that where we just go back and forth. And that was literally just me like working at home and working at his place and just making beats, trying to like sing a little bit here and there. And then you know, I got a little more adventurous after a while. And then I dropped um, a little cover I did on SoundCloud a long time ago. Like this was like in 2016, actually, like 2017, 2016. And um, so I dropped that cover of Deja Vu by Post Malone. And he was the one that helped me figure out what the fuck I was doing for it and producing it. And I produced it all myself. And he just like helped me tweak things to make it sound as best as I could. And, and I was really proud of it. And then from there, um, you know, obviously Stephanie, she, we mean her went to the same high school, but never, never oh, like, crazy. Crazy. never like crossed paths at all. Yeah. And I remember, I think someone was telling me that she was a singer and I was like keeping my eye out and just like, you know, working on my own shit. But then I heard her drop her, like she dropped her first song and I listened to it and I was like, this has so much potential. Like if I were to just if I were to just remix it or like fuck around with the production, like maybe I can make some make something out of it and like, you know, make something really cool. And it was already a fucking sick track. You know what I mean? I was like, fuck, like, it was sick. I was just like, I had so many ideas. So I hit her up and I remixed her track. And then from there, that was when like, I was like, okay, I really like just want to keep making music. And so I started writing more songs, started posting shit on SoundCloud, like every now and then. Um, and now this is going towards like, this is like 2016, 2017 area um, where I was still work 2016. I was still working on uh, backstage and I was literally like every time I had a chance, whenever I would go back to my trailer, I would cook up. It was crazy. Like I would leave my door open so people could walk by and shit and all the cast and shit could hear. And I was just cook up. And, and so that's like, <laughs> that was like the thing, like everyone would just come to my trailer and just you yeah, know, pop yeah. music and like chill and dance and like shit. And then I would make, be making beats and shit and it was cool. And then, and then that's, that's a, vibe. That's a whole then, vibe. Exactly. So I was cooking up like that. And then after that is when I dropped my first cover. So then that was like now leading into 2017. Um, I was just working on music. I didn't really take it that like I wasn't really taking music that seriously until 2018. So 2017, I was dabbling. Um, 2018 is when I was like, okay, I really want to like make music. And this was just, this was during the summer of 2018. So I had to go through my shit. You know what I mean? Like um, my, that's like my, my grandma passed away. After that, I went on like a little soul search in Europe and I like, I just soaked up as much culture as I possibly could broke down a fucking lot. Um, and but when you yeah, say broke down a lot do you mean like broke down a lot of who you were or like broke like down a lot of broke down in terms of like my like emotions i was like i was like i was like really like you know it, it was like a candle you know what i mean i was like lit for so long that there has to be a time where there's just like no flame and after my grandma passed away the flame died mm -hmm. and so i didn't really want to like fucking do anything really i was like super sad had to go to europe because i was like i need to just feel something new and gain perspective and all this and all that and went there for a month came back home and when i came back home i was like in a rut and this was like beginning of 2018 i was in a rut and um yeah i was like trying to work as much as i could and you know as the as 2018 kept progressing i slowly started to build that up like build that up more and 
summer of 2018, beginning of summer 2018, I found out my stepdad was diagnosed with a brain tumor and my oh aunt my was, yeah, and my aunt was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, stage four. And, and so that was a huge thing for me. I was like fucking mm-hmm. freaking out. But yeah, at the yeah. same time, I was already off this like low from my grandma that I was going out a lot. I was in a, I was in a new relationship too around this time. So, and that was like a really, like, it was like, I, I was in a really bad place and it was really rocky for me. And that, and, and all those things coming together was just like, really like fucking tearing me apart, you know? And so, yeah, I was like really upset at the world and really angry and kind of living out. Like, I feel like it's, it's something that we all go through where it's like, we just become jaded and have to do the most reckless shit. And like, are very just like numb yeah. to everything yeah, just, yeah. you know just like living and not even living but like we're just like floating you know within yeah. this space yeah. and like you know i started losing like like i started losing you know what day it was and shit and and so from there i me and my ex broke up and then that so was, it was like kind of like all these variables point. floating around you from yeah like the stress surrounding your grandma passing to the, the struggles that your family was going through like presently exactly. currently like exactly currently still going through as you were yeah exactly bro. and then i'm sure the pressure that you were putting on yourself to a lot you know, get your shit popping like to like it was a start lot. working start figuring your shit out you know it was I mean? a lot that, it's like how constant, am i gonna like my yeah. dad was out of work my, my stepdad was out of work my my aunt was was obviously not working and my my mom was the one that was like the the sole breadwinner of that time and i was like how am i gonna help my mom like how am i gonna support her and like you know make sure that no matter what we're going to be good and i know that like my mom is the type of person to never really tell me like what's really going on so that also was stressing me because i was like there's probably so much shit she's going through that like i have no idea about and obviously my stepdad and my aunt were like i was just like super confused and super numb to everything and freaking out and so it was really like hard for me to be around my family at that time because it was like i didn't want to show them that side of me you know, you want, I didn't want you to want show to be them the strong broken, them, but exactly, yeah. exactly. And like growing up in as in the dance world and in the film and TV world, I was always like the the one putting on a show and like smiling and like fucking like you know what I mean. And and I made it a goal of mine to be the like happiest person in the room and like make sure you know I'm, I'm performing and like doing this and doing that. So it's like you know people realize that when I was working, and so I would always be like you know it's small but like taking over like their snapchat or like taking over the instagram or like doing a lot of promo shit and like i did like a a, a bully bully um bullying tour around across canada and like i was like trying to like be that like that that rock for everyone and and so that was all my childhood and so now where i'm like at this lo- the lowest point of my life so far you know i don't i don't like i don't like to say so far actually i take that back the lowest point of my life um I challenges just, will come to pass, man. It's just exactly, getting exactly, back on the horse. And, exactly. And, and, and so, yeah, like in that world where I was in, I just didn't want to be seen as that kid again, for sure too. And I also didn't want to be around my family. You didn't want to be that kid that was just constantly putting on a smile for everyone. Exactly. You to, I want to be me. You, mm-hmm, I just wanted to be me yeah, and like, yeah. you know, and be as, as genuine as possible. But at the same time, trying to keep up with that facade is really like, it's hard for anybody to keep up with a facade, you know? So um, I was like kind of distant towards my family a lot in that 
time and just spending a lot of time with like my friends and which isn't which isn't a bad thing um but i would just wasn't i i was more so just floating still not even like really spending quality time with anybody just floating and um and yeah that summer i met which is like one of the biggest like life changing moments in my life um i met one of my cousins from my dad's side because like my dad's side it was like you know it was just a lot of like chaos and like that's like something that i haven't even like really fully digested to this day because it was just a lot of chaotic shit and a lot of shit that happened to me in my childhood that like i didn't process as actually happening but it actually happened and so now that i'm like here like here i think about it and i'm like there's just like so much shit that i as a uh, like 18 19 year old would not understand you know although i'm only 21 now it's like the two years of that growth has been really like Enormous. really really like huge yeah, yeah. and so when i met like my you, cousin it's not it's not linear it's like exponential exactly like, exponential yeah. like huge huge yeah. and and yeah it was definitely like building up my strengths as like and talent and ability and then plateaued into this like really bad emotional state and then rode that for a really long time until i finally like became comfortable with myself and my emotions but um so tell me a little bit about like what 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 was going through your mind at that time as you were trying to how, like because i i think when there is all this essentially what it comes back to is fear what we were talking about at the beginning yeah. right yeah. fear of losing your loved ones fear exactly of not being in touch with who you really are fear of not being able to keep doing what you've loved doing your whole life exactly what, what has felt effortless to you your whole life exactly now all of a sudden thing. is it takes a lot of effort and you don't feel yeah. like you can do it how do you find uh, peace how did you find peace in that storm so yeah that a lot of that i have to like you know give out to my cousin um so it was crazy because like i always knew he like i knew he existed like maybe like a year before um i met him because my dad i turned 18 and or two years maybe yeah a year or two give or take but um my dad when i turned 18 my dad told me about him um and he was just like look you have this cousin on our side and you know that I, you know that I don't really trust you with anyone in our family besides him. Um, I really vouch for him. He's a good kid and he has a good heart and he loves your music. Like he loves your music and, and, you know, I trust him to guide you and like lead the way and, and, you know, be that big brother essentially. And then 2019 hits, my dad still hasn't given me his number, still hasn't given me any of his information, anything. He kind of just wanted, like, I don't know. I think my dad, like my, with my dad's, you know, with the scope of like my dad's side is like, I understand why, because it was like, there is a lot of like bullshit that happens in that world. And like, just like we, like, just like real weird shit. So when you say like, so you, you mentioned that like growing up, you're, like your dad's side of the family when they came yeah. in they they were like kind of at jane and finch and like so yeah it, so, it was like it was a different environment for sure i think yeah, that's what it was yeah. it was just the environment was way different and my dad wanted didn't want me to be exposed to that environment mm -hmm. for sure mm -hmm. you yeah. know he always wanted me to do better and he always wanted me to like you know find a way out for all of us in that sense yeah. Yeah. so it was like you know when i finally met my cousin it was crazy because it was like summer of 2019 i just dropped this song called sicily then saga on soundcloud and that was like the first like rappy kind of vibe i did a trap vibe i should say um and i i released that on on yeah on soundcloud um and 
he, I think I posted like a snippet right before I dropped it. Like right when I made it actually, cause I dropped it like a couple of days after I made it. It was like really quick, but, um, like just like gut yeah. feeling type shit where you're like, all right, exactly. I just like, yeah, I had to do this. I had to. Do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I, I, um, I posted a snippet and he was following me on Instagram, but my dad didn't give me the Instagram. So I didn't know. And then he DM me being like, yo, this is you cuz like, this is sick. And I was like, whoa, like, this is like my cousin, like, holy shit, like, what the <laughs> fuck? And then I asked my dad and it was all like thing. And then yeah, so I started yeah. texting my cousin and like that same day, he was like, yo, like, let's just link up and like go for lunch or something. That same day he picked me up. And ever since that day, I literally spent every single day with him. And not because it was like forced or not because, you know, any other thing, because like, you know, anyone that knows my cousin, like, he's like this, like, you know, rambunctious, like energetic like guy comes through the room and everyone's looking at him like who is this guy you know what i mean like he's that guy and like you know he's always like he he's just like that energy about him you know what i mean and and a lo- i think a lot of people thought that i was just hanging around because i like that energy and i like you know going out to the clubs and like you know getting in for free and like doing this and like going rolling around and like you know and like doing that but it was honestly like and a lot of my friends like or the, yeah, a lot of my friends like expressed their like, kind of like, like worries and shit. And that was also at the time where I was like really like conflicted with everything. Cause my ex just broke up and she was like, you know, it was just like craziness. And so yeah, everything there were, there wasn't really stable ground in your life. At the exactly. Time. So a part of me definitely was there for the partying and was there for everything. And like got lost in that shit a little bit. You leaned into just, the chaos a little bit. Exactly. Leaned into the chaos. But at the same time, like he was educating me on everything like how like how to be a good businessman how to be a a good entrepreneur and like how to be you know how to take initiative for your shit but also just like understanding people's emotions and like being a good person and and you know and it's 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 cool because it's like my all my all my dad's side like my family my family like they've come from like really like you know obviously first generation immigrant it's like the same story it's like it's you come from struggle you know what I mean? Yeah, you, you do and what you have to do to figure it exactly. out. Exactly. And it's like, and like to, to build a ex- life. Exactly. And it's like, you know, with my cousins, like, holy shit, like the upbringing is so different, but we can still connect that way. And we, yeah, yeah. we represent versions of ourselves, but in like different lives. You know? It's <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like we complement each other's energy yeah. super well in a sense that like, yeah. he is like, he's just like fucking amazing business mind and like, entrepreneurial like tact and like you know entrepreneur uh, entrepreneurial knack and me with the creative side just like creating music and doing this and doing that so you know he was the one that was bringing me around a lot of people and like you know he introduced me to a lot of people in the music and and he's like the reason why i'm i i have you know like i'm i'm connected to this group of people around me like this amazing group of people and talented people group of yeah group of people around me um but yeah so we were like literally kicking up and like um just chilling and he was talking to me about the music and would always push my music and support my music and be like yo cuz like do that like yo cuz like you know if you need a space to like work come set up your studio at my crib and you could work there till whatever time bump the music as loud as you want it's all you and like the one thing that he was always like i'm not going to be there to do everything for you i just want to support you and i believe in you like you know what i mean even and he was like even if you're a fucking carpenter if you came to me being like, yo, like, I want to be the sickest carpenter in the game. He was like, I'm going to like find connects and hopefully maybe lead you to like the best wood in the city. You know what I mean? Like he's that kind of guy. He's like, at the, at the end of the day, it's like, he just wants to support and like, and he supports. Yeah, he, he didn't he have any in. narrative about who you were to push. 
Exactly. So it was easy for you to just be who you wanted to be. Uh, exactly. Expectation. Exactly. Exactly. Especially because there was so, no history between you guys, so it was a hundred percent, and it was just at a time just when, like developing it. Yeah, yeah. What, what it sounds like to me is like you built this persona, right? That you that became a facade. Maybe it was genuine at one point. Yeah. But as you internally changed, it became a facade. Exactly. And then obviously externally, there's a lot going on. And then you meet, you you get in touch with this cousin uh, from your dad's side, who again is a, a, a mystery to you, yeah. largely. And yeah. it's and at that a time whole world where, is a mystery to me, right? That whole yeah. World. So you, so I'm sure you're very curious. You're like, who's you? And, and exactly. it's your family, right? You want to connect with your family. Always. Exactly. And there, there's a lot of and things you out. and you at that point are kind of being reborn in a sense because like yeah. you're shedding your old facade to make way for. And it's always a facade, right? Because exactly. who we are is always more complex than who we present no, ourselves to be. No, for sure, right? for sure. Like it's for always sure. some sort of facade, right? Whatever, sure. <laughs> whatever that is. For sure. So you're trying to put on this. You're trying to put on this new set of clothes. You're trying to get some new. Uh, you know, I remember one time. I remember one time I went out with him, and he let me rock his roll, like one of his rollies, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" I was like, <laughs> "I was like, holy fuck!" But like, you know, it, there, a part of me had to like experience. Like, there was a lot of shit that I like I was experiencing at that time that I've yeah. never experienced before, yeah. and it there was a lot of like highs and like big grand things that I was experiencing that I was like, "Holy fuck!" I've never seen people live like this before. This is crazy. This is yeah, sick. Yeah. You know, and like obviously me being naive and not exposed to these things i got lost in it for sure um not not because of anybody else except for myself um i got definitely got lost in that shit a little bit and then but you know my cousin was always there to be like you know giving me that little edge that push it's like when he did feel that way he would just be like cuz like i don't want to like be like i don't want to be fucking you know nagging you and shit and i don't want you to make i don't want to make you feel like i'm nagging you but I don't know, I don't condone this or like, I don't really like think that this is a good idea or like this and that. And like me being the naive guy, I'm like, yeah, yeah. But then not listening and doing it anyway. And yeah, he yeah. was always the type of guy to just be like, you got to learn on your own too. You know, you can't, I can't yeah, force yeah. any, I can't force any lessons on you. Sometimes there's lessons that you just got to learn on your own. And I learned a lot of them during that summer of 2018 and August of, no, I think, yeah, I think August of 2018 was when I really caught myself and I was like, I'm fucking up a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, I got to like, you know, focus my energy back on what I really love. And I was making music. And so um, I moved in with my cousin and I set up my studio and literally I barely went out after starting August. I barely like I barely left the house because I was just on my Kanye shit trying to make three songs, like three beats a day. Literally just, got, just like, trapped yourself in the basement exactly so from like yeah. august to like the back end of 2018 so like september on i was literally like in my creative element and working on music making beats every single day working with everyone i've met and like doing this and doing that and like you know trying to build that like community you know and 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 um yeah it was really beneficial for me because he gave me that space and he also didn't pressure me or force me to do anything else and just let me be me and he supported me not just not just on that aspect but like he let me live at his place for free and he let me like he just like was he you know if you would go out to dinner he'd be like cuz you want to come to dinner cuz you want to do this cuz like he would always just ask me if i wanted to roll and like just do things with him and like that was really cool and like that was like a lot of the fuel of the music i was making at that time and 2018 was like just that place where you could thing. go to be accepted for exactly like, just like you just exactly. just straight up accepted so you could just 
you felt exactly. free to do what you wanted to do to be who exactly. you were. Exactly. So, and it, yeah, and it yeah. helped, definitely helped develop the um, person I wanted to show people I was. You know? Yeah, not just yeah. A, no, but, I, 100% I feel that because it's like when you feel, when there's a place where you can go, where you have that community of people, where you feel, not where you feel, where you know you're being yourself, right? Yeah. It gives exactly. you that core foundation of confidence that's just unshakable. Exactly, bro. Exactly. And I really needed that shit. I really needed to fall like that because like, I wouldn't be where I am today for sure. Cause I, it was, it was hard, yo. it was definitely like the, like, these were definitely the hardest years of my life, obviously of like being like, you know, being a young adult, being a young teen in the world and being exposed to the real world. It's like, Holy fuck. Like there's a lot that hits all of us. You know what I mean? So it's like, don't, I, I think that the most important thing is to never like judge yourself or never, never have the perception that, all the things that you went through and the, all the things that you've done are you, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it, it was me. At you were, the time. you were deeper than the course of the thoughts exactly. going through your head in any one point in time. You're deeper exactly. than the course of actions that you've taken in the past. And then the exactly. story that you're telling yourself, like you were beyond 100%. that. You can, you can recreate that story. You can recreate a hundred percent. You can shape your reality. Exactly. A hundred percent. And that was the time for me, you know? And then that same time, it was like the, the, like, kind of like the cog started the cog started turning in there and i was like okay i'm gonna start dropping music every single month or at least every at least once a month so i want i put the timelines on me i'm like i have to drop something and so that was like where the structure came in and i started dropping a lot in like 2019 beginning of and then i started doing the like performances and like started like you know trying to do as much as i could as an independent artist with like absolutely no team um and so before 2019 hit, because um, I was also not working and not making any money, I started chopping a bit, and 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 you know, and that was kind of like also, also a place, a, a time where I had to really figure myself out because then I started like feeling. So this like is like January 2018, 2019. This yeah, this is like yeah, this is like September 2018, September 2018 to going to like January 2019. Yeah, um yeah. so i was just like trying to like you know make make money as much as i could i was li- but that, to the point where i was literally like on the road like all the time just driving you know what i mean like that's the lifestyle it's just like driving all all day just and, like, like making just making wops after wops exactly exactly yeah. and i was like fuck like fuck this yo like i could i wasn't making music at that point too like i that's when i kind of stopped so that wasn't even like that so was like maybe August like october like, end of september you're in your, yeah you're in the zone you're just making music exactly mine's not really thinking about practical like life shit you're just like exactly creating. exactly and so yeah. that's when that's when i was like because i was just trying to make money and then that's when i was like holy fuck okay now i'm like losing that shit again i just set up all this good shit for me and now i'm like kind of losing myself within it it's like and slipping then, through your fingers like right exactly yeah, exactly yeah. and obviously like obviously my cousin was like feeling the same way and he was like, yo, cuz, like, why, like, why don't you just, like, cook up, bro? Like, you don't even have to, why do you need the money right now? Like, fuck it. Just, like, cook up. And I was like, all right, fuck. And so I stopped. Um, but at that, like, around that time, I stopped, actually. No. So I'm, 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 I'm losing, I'm losing a timeline right now. So I stopped chopping, but then my dad asked me if I ever needed to, like, work that, you know, just let him know and shit. And so um, I was introduced to this guy that I was, like, just, like, helping him work at like a warehouse that he was doing. And, um, and so I was with my dad at that time working with him and 
my dad was always like, oh, like my business, like my business partner, the guy that I'm working with here, uh, he also has a business partner that is in music. And I was like, oh, that's sick. Cool. Yeah, I would love it. Like, you know what I mean? So then after that, I was like always around that. And then I finally met the other guy. And then they're, you know, I was just playing my music. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, like, like asking me to like play my music. And like, you know, it was really cool because like they're just giving me the time of day. And I was like, holy shit, like, you know, these guys are, you know, trying to show love and, and maybe this could lead to something cooler. And so beginning of 2019, I started working with with them. And it was, it was, it was the worst. So who, who are these guys? It was the worst. I don't even want to like give them names cause they don't deserve it. Yeah. It was the worst. And if I ever, like, if I ever see them, they better walk away because I will freak the fuck out. I swear to God, these guys were trying to fucking take everything from me. Everything, bro. So like, they were trying to, they were trying to finesse the, the yeah. work that you were doing. I know you were around at that time, like early 2019 when I was like performing and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. if you ever seen two guys with me, two older dudes with me that would just didn't, didn't seem like they were supposed to be there. Those were the guys. Okay. Um, okay. And, and so I don't know if you know, but we, we'll, we could talk about that too. But um, yeah, so these guys were like pretty much like telling me that they wanted to make me the biggest artist in the world, blah, 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 the whole spiel. They're telling you what, what you wanted to hear. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah. also telling, also, you know, giving me a side of them that wasn't them. You know what I mean? Where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I wasn't even looking for shit. I wasn't even looking for you. Like, it was just like shit like that. You know what I mean? And it was like fucking terrible. Like they were like, yeah, oh, man, it was the worst. But from that bad experience with them is what led me to, you know, have this relationship with my managers today, which are like the two fucking most amazing people I've ever met in my entire life. So it was a lot. It was definitely a moment and a lesson of like give and take. And like sometimes, you know, you sometimes you have to risk it all you know and and you know you have to just i think that's what it is just taking risks and i really like took the risk because i was independent i didn't have any team and like people were actually like showing me that they wanted to work with me and like like set a foundation for me and i was like oh fuck like that's sick so obviously i thought about it and like you know my cousin too he was like one of the first people to like tell me like cuz do do what you want to do but i don't really like these i don't know how i feel about them i don't know like, and I heard him, but at the same time, I was like, what other options do I have? It's not like you had a plethora of people offering to help you out. So you're like, exactly. why would I, it didn't, you didn't see any reason to say no to. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I really had no reason. And I'm grateful for the time that I spent with them because it taught me a lot. It taught I think you've got to go through, and I've gone through some similar experiences in terms of people I thought were, like, you probably looked at them as your mentors almost, right? Like people for sure. who were, you know, they're older than you. They have more experience with the shit. For sure. Uh, they're telling you they want to see you <laughs> see you do well right until exactly, yeah. until i don't know like i don't know what your story is but like for for me it's like uh, and i, I don't want to get into it too much either because like like yeah. i i know i know what it's like you, you don't want to talk about this shit it's like yeah it's hard it's because it, it's fundamentally it's at the end of the day it's bullshit right it's like exactly and you it's like why you don't want to expend that energy yeah you don't expend that energy on bullshit <laughs> but at the same time it's you wouldn't be who you are today if you don't go through bullshit like that yeah exactly right? like and you you can't you can't have that bullshit detector until you yeah gotten, you need to get a hit over the head one time and be exactly like, okay. exactly you yeah. know and like the thing that it was is like they were really trying to take half of me like they're really trying to take half of me and 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 so luckily my managers and you know 
we were able to work through that all and very, fairly quickly and get that bullshit out of the picture, which was really yeah, yeah. cool. And then it was straight work. So, so that was like, you March. say your managers, you, you're talking about like mm-hmm. uh, your managers from when you were acting like the same man. No, you've had no. So this kid. is different. So I actually met my managers through these guys because of a, a mutual connection gotcha. and the mutual connection was sending my music out, you know, to like see if anyone wanted to be my day to day managers because these guys were like the, the production company of sure, uh sure. of of my brand or whatever the whatever bullshit title they wanted but yeah that was the whole thing so then after that my managers obviously they literally like wouldn't let me talk to my managers by myself or if um, they were to call me they would have to call them first to let them know that they're calling me that it was like literally just like trying to isolate me from them just so they had the control right and that was yeah, it's just like yeah. that like they were trying to like dictate the narrative between me and my daily managers and so after, but yeah, that was when like reality, really, the, the case is like, if you're providing value, you're providing value and you don't need exactly, to, exactly. You don't need and to pull like, weird who, shit like that. Exactly. Like I, I'm pretty sure there's like literally no artist in the world that has to like talk to someone else to talk to the manager. Like, come on. Yeah. No, you know, that's just like, that's just like fucking common sense. And you know, they didn't really didn't do anything like beneficial. Well, not beneficial, but they really didn't do anything productive with me for sure. And it was a whole lot of, it was a whole lot of nothing. Actually, it was like a couple photo shoots and a whole lot of nothing for them to like feel so entitled to take half of me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And And a whole lot of talk probably. right? Exactly. It was a whole lot of talk and, and really my managers were the one trying to like get me to in a fucking session. So as soon as that, all that was like cleared out, uh, cleared out the way, um, there was a lot of the, the big thing that helped us clear out was this big contract, um, that I signed while under the influence of marijuana, um, at like 1 AM in a random fucking restaurant that I was like literally falling asleep in. Um, and it was really blurry and it was just a lot of like weird wording. And, and this shit. is and then, a contract that these original two sketchy dudes got that, I, that gave them half of me. Yeah. I gave them oh, so they really, they really put together a contract. So they really take, did that. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. and then it was a whole lot of like Holy back and shit. forth between that. And then yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I didn't even remember really that I like signed something so crucial. Like mm-hmm. it was always like, Oh, it's like a, it's a placeholder, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know. It was like, yeah, it's like, Oh, like, this, this isn't like, it's not that serious. Just, yeah. Just like sign. Yeah. 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 And, and luckily we were able to like, <laughs> like we're situation. just trying to park the car. Just sign this. <laughs> exactly, bro. Real shit. Like, what? Yeah. Really okay. Sure. That shit, bro. It was really on that shit, bro really on that shit and like the one like the it was crazy yeah like luckily we were able to defuse that situation and that was in march mm-hmm. um and yeah that's when i really started working and i started trying to find my sound and i was making a lot of like popier like r&b shit and then august hits august of 2019 hits and i meet colin monroe for the first time first time coming into the room with him and he was like why don't you try rapping and i was like what you talking about fuck like i always like pretend like i could like so this is like what like may may june exactly this was like uh this was like july yeah this was like july august of of september of of, uh 2019 because march 2019 till then i was like still figuring out my sound so i was like very popular you're just like like, making stuff you're not exactly i was making stuff trying to figure it out and like trying to see what clicked and then first session with colin it was like an automatic click 
and we made two songs that day next day came yeah, in yeah. made another two songs next day we had one of the other like one uh, another producer that i was working with at the time uh, working with still so i don't know what i'm saying at the time but working with um beforehand um he came in to co-produce and his name is Derek hoffman he's actually uh nominated for juno um producer of the year or yeah it, he's fucking brilliant too fantastic um, and also working with my good friend, like Seth Meyer, who is also amazing. He's a top liner and like me and him would bounce ideas together and write. And then made two songs that day. Next day I was working with DCF, which is another amazing top liner. Like he's the one that, um, he's the one that did Akira Harikari with me, um, the, my last single. And then also Derek Hoffman and Seth Meyer were the ones that did my debut single with Colin and me. So it was fucking amazing. And then worked with Jesse Gold, um, another great friend of mine. Um, yeah. And then I worked with Stephanie, had Stephanie in with me and Colin and, and then Derek Hoffman and Seth again. And we literally came out with like 13 tracks, 14 tracks, something like that. Like, like two day, like two songs a day. And that was, <laughs> that's literally like the culmination of my yeah. two EPs really. Like my two yeah. EPs that I'm about to drop this, this year is like all like just littered with them. Because that, that was the time where I was like, whoa, this is like new, this is fresh. And I felt that energy. And so, so this yeah. summer is really when you got your sound together. And yeah, out. for sure. Yeah, last summer, yeah. yeah, last summer was when I really like figured shit out. And like 2019 was a huge year for me because I was like, just like fully just trying to work my own shit out. And then, you know, 2019 leading into this year, 2020, it was like, I just feel so much clearer and, and, you know, I'm way more aware of who I am. You know, I thought I was aware of who I am, but like now I'm like, whoa, there's so many new aspects to my life and to me that I didn't tap into or like that, that I didn't know, you know? And, and now that I'm like now 2019 was definitely a year of me getting to know me. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and like likewise, bro. Like I, I moved yeah. downtown for for about a year. I'm back in the Bruce right now with my with my parents, and that was that was that was nice moving out. Uh, yeah, I think is is a huge experience in getting to know who it definitely who it definitely it's it's definitely a lot of learning and like yeah in the best way in the best way. No matter what situation, positive or negative, that may have occurred, it's always beneficial to to building who you are. One adversity builds character, right? that's that's really what it comes down to a hundred percent a hundred percent you know what i mean and so like now with 2020 like what fuck i don't even know what fucking month it is march <laughs> march 2020 i have two of my song like two of my debut songs out and uh, leading into like my next drop soon um and then eventually leading to the summertime where i'm dropping my first ep i'm like fuck man there's so much I want to do now. You know what I mean? Like I feel that like drive back in me and I feel also like I'm in a way energized, place. focused. Exactly. Like, it's like ready yo, to if, attack. If all this shit happened like a, a year or two ago, I, will, it, mm -hmm. I don't think I could keep up. You know what I mean? I think I'd burn yeah, myself yeah, yeah. out. Yeah. But now I'm like, I'm in the position where I'm like, whoa, I understand not just my, you know, my career, but also understanding myself and understanding the importance of knowing that you know what i mean like there, it's it's definitely important to just know yourself you know and like and 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 you know and 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 develop and evolve yeah yeah you can't like as the artist who's expressing like your internal state that's really what you do yeah right? it's like exactly a mood that because like 
uh, I, I can't, I don't know how many times I've brought this, this quote up now, but it's just like, it just hit home so hard for me. It's like Pharrell talking about chords are coordinates. Like yes. Coordinates, the right? Rick Rubin interview. The Rick Fucking Rubin, you know gold. exactly what I'm talking about. Fucking gold, brother. Yo, I know. Yeah. It's so true. Though. Amazing. Amazing. And it's like, you are experiencing these emotional states. And as you explore who you are, you find new emotional states. Exactly. New states of peace, new states of violence, new states of, yeah. just, you know, just new, new experiences. Yeah. And those correlate to new sounds. Those co- correlate to new uh, ways to express whatever exactly. that is that's going on inside of you. And it's just Exactly. Like, and that's why I feel so fortunate to like feel that way right now, because it's mm-hmm. like, you know, although like what the shit I'm releasing, it's like definitely, um, it, it definitely emphasizes how I was feeling for the past like few years. But now I'm like, I, like I'm just thinking of what's next and, and yeah. what the story is going to be because I already, I've already solidified the story and like the foundation of the beginnings of the story. You know what I mean? Like I, 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 I've, I've ha- I have that, that like grounding sense right right now. And so it's, it's, it's cool because I'm like, okay, now I'm like ready to tell a new story and and just keep fucking (laughs) keep fucking evolving really like like all the songs that i made i'm like holy shit like you know they already feel old to me because i've been able to live with them for so long you know Mm. yeah that's how it is like by the time you're putting something out even for me as a filmmaker by the time i'm hitting post on something i'm over it like it's like all right what's because you see it so many times like you're like like, yeah it's good it's like let's just move on to the next thing exactly and it's like but it's cool because it's like it's still it's Mm -hmm. still relevant in in, in terms of like the world hasn't heard it i've i've lived with it my (laughs) friends have lived with it my family has lived with it but like which is nice which is nice in a way i feel like because uh that giddiness and excitement has turned into something a little bit more objective i feel exactly but yeah yo it's like i i'm a firm believer that the chords are definitely coordinates you know what i mean and like and just from a like a just from a musical standpoint and like not even like in any other way like that is a shit that drives the energy and the vibe of the whole song you know what i mean in my opinion you know what i mean like that yeah it starts with how you feel when you it starts with just how you feel period i was gonna say when you wake up in the morning but it's like it starts with how you your your state of being as a human right like that's what essentially what you're translating you can't really translate great music if you're not uh, cultivating a great state of being yeah exactly exactly so you know and and it's cool because like this time now where we're stuck in a home and like quarantined up like i've that's definitely what i've been doing and just like you know hearing gaining more wisdom and knowledge from you know the greats whether it be like watching interviews like that or like watching documentaries on you know i just watched the fucking whitney houston documentary and that shit fucking hurts bro but there's so much shit that you could take out from it and like learn from because it was really it's i suggest like if you haven't watched whitney on netflix definitely watch that and watch the two killings of sam cook because i'll check it i'll check it these are two people like Sam Cooke, like he, he was, he was a, a pop artist back in, in, oh, fuck, like the, I want to say the 50s, 60s. I'm fuck, I, I don't want to fuck that at uh, that time. Is this like yeah. pre-Andy Warhol or is like, is this like. Sam this was like, this was like pre-Martin Luther King movement, like right before, right before, like, right before like the march and like every, like he was like one of the, he was one of the like kind of first black artists to really you know speak the narrative of what was really going on and 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 fight for equality and 
and he was he was very much so an activist like taking him Muhammad Ali he was Cassius Clay at that time um and Malcolm X were homies like big like like fucking like best friends like to the point where like when Cassius Clay won the when the champ like when the heavyweight like the the title uh for the first time he called up uh Sam Cooke on the stage and he or on the on the ring and he was like this is Sam Cooke he's the greatest entertainer of all time greatest arm of all time <laughs> and so Sam Cooke is like oh, I don't want to say pop I don't want to yeah, say yeah, pop because yeah. he this wasn't from, really like, pop he was what soul. documentary is this from it, the two killings of Sam Cooke two killings of Sam Cooke okay, yeah actually. it's fucking amazing and he was like he was all about you know equality and and he really fought for he really fought for a lot of things and uh, unfortunately he was like murdered um and you know there's a lot of speculation as to like why and who and how and well they know who but why and how and like you know the they there's obviously more questions about like how he was story. affecting the culture and who, exactly. how people didn't, he was definitely he was definitely exactly and it was yeah. like that was a th- that's always a thing where it's like when when you're proving to be a bigger threat than you are to yeah, not yeah. just, you know, to definitely to like the government or whoever it may be like, you're definitely targeted. And, and there's a lot of speculation that he was killed by the mob because the mob had a lot of ties within music at that time. And he was trying to start his own record label and distribution and stuff. So, or publishing, I can't remember, but yeah, it was like, he was like trying to start his own own shit up and focus on artists first. Um, business and he was also very 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 involved in the in the black power movement like he like obviously it's like you know him muhammad ali and and martin luther king malcolm x like all these guys they were they this was the birth of black power and and it it was it was it's, it's a really interesting story and then obviously like with whitney houston in the 80s that was just more of like a personal thing you know, like more of like a personal uh, lesson. And, um, and it, it just goes to show you like the demons that people fight and, and, you know, holding up that facade is very detrimental to your well-being. Very detrimental yeah, you, to your well-being. You have to be able to, uh, <laughs> to some degree, match the character that you're portraying to the world, to the, exactly. what what's going on with you inside. And I think that the bigger you get in terms of your reach, the yeah. harder it is to do that because the more sure. amount of you're just in front of more people for sure and like the one thing that i love about today's generation is like although that the younger generation it's 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 weird because they've grown up with social media and technology way more than we did um you know obviously there's a lot of detrimental a- aspects of social media um in terms of well-being and and, and mental yeah, yeah. health but kids these days are just way more empathetic than anybody any other generation has been really because they're exposed to the world and watching Whitney Houston it was watching the uh, Whitney Houston documentary it was it was very clear that if she was exposed to the things that she was battling early on and had an awareness of it not not being exposed in a sense of doing drugs and shit like that but like all this shit but like she grew up in a very sheltered family and also a family with a lot of secrets that were buried and, and hidden. And there was no like real communication between the family. And like, you know, it just shows you how much that, that sheltered lifestyle hurt her, you know? And it's like, it's cool because it's like, now we have not the, knowing her personal truth. 
Exactly. Exactly. And it's now it's cool because like we have the capacity and capability to bring awareness to, to everything that people are going to like go through. And, and, you know, obviously it's it's fantastic because like now we're, we're in a place where mentors are online mentors are exactly all this, right like exactly you can, you can look to some you can look to you can go watch asap rocky's lecture at oxford and uh exactly which is like bro. first of all what the fuck like why is exactly like, right yeah that's crazy second of all like yo it's a wonderful wonderful conversation where you really get exactly. to take a step inside the mind of a world-class entertainer exactly and like that's the one thing it's like you could tell that you know a lot of the suppression and the oppression that happened before is just because people felt like they were alone in it, you know? And it's like, when you, when you are able to defeat that idea of people being alone, cause we all go through things and we all experience life and we all, we all can connect on that level. So it's like, once you, you know, kind of make that, you know, just, just completely destroy that, that kind of ideology, it, it, you know, I feel like, kids that are growing up into young adults and then you know and to in, in in becoming adults it's like they have the tools around them in order to you know understand themselves at a way younger age and that's cool i think that's really fucking cool you know what i mean like i i wouldn't want i wouldn't want any other you know art amazing talent whatever it may be to to be to be tarnished by something that's very preventable you know in, in the sense of just being aware of of the dangers of things and being also being aware of the beautiful things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. I think, I think this has been like a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Thank you for coming through. Thank um, you so much, bro. I, I had a pleasure. Got one last question before we, yeah. before we wrap it up. Yeah, let's do it. Right now here in the present, right? We're here. We're in March, 2020. We're in the lockdown. Yes, sir. <laughs> let's see how long this goes. What are you like, not just specifically in relation to the lockdown, but like, how are you now today maintaining like your creative sustainability? Like how are you staying in the zone? I'm staying in the zone by just understanding that sometimes you can't be in that zone. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's the one thing. Like before it was always like a pressure of mine to be like, I got to make something sick right now. I got to do this. I got to do that. But it's like, yo, sometimes it's like, you're going to have an off day where shit's not flowing the same way, but that doesn't mean that, that's not, that's not the one, that one moment isn't going to, you know, isn't going to like reflect on your entire career. It's just a moment. You know what I mean? So it's like understanding your moments when you feel it, it's kind of like Sims. Like I've been playing Sims recently. And the one thing that really stuck out to me is like how mundane it all is. But at the same time, like it it has such a like strong correlation to us as people where it's like, you know, when my sim feels inspired, I'll go make, make him fucking play piano and practice piano or write a song. But then if he's upset or if he has to, you know, if, if, if he's down or whatever, like you don't force him to do that because it's not, it's not productive. You know what I mean? But it's ultimately doing the things that make you happy or make, you know, make the sim happy. But that obviously just like pertains to us. It's like, why would we force ourselves to do things that aren't making us happy? You know, it's, it's, it's all about the balance and moderate, you know, it's all about the balance of things. And, and you have to understand that, you know, you're going to have moments where you're not feeling the hottest creatively, but 
when you have those moments, remember that there's still life to live. You know what I mean? Like there's still, you could still go out and, and just forget about it over a cup of coffee with a buddy, or you could just like forget about it by watching a movie and, and, and maybe that will inspire you. You know what I mean? There's so many other ways of, of dealing with the slump rather than trying to force yourself out of the slump. Don't force yourself out of it because it's a, it's a natural thing to get out of those. You always do. So, you know, just understanding that you have the power to dictate that, that, that zone. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely what it is. So you heard it here first play Sims. Yeah. Right? Watch, <laughs> watch, uh, watch the movies. Yo, the, add add me on some... switch, add me on switch so we can play animal crossing and shit. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's like, if, if we're trying to cook up though, we could cook up, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, having that overarching faith that you have it, you got it. Like, you know, you exactly. got it. It's not and a matter tr- of like, like trust, say, I'm trust play your natural crossing. instincts exactly because i know i got it and i don't have to be exactly. in like you know what? it's like exactly like is. you know it, that's that's definitely what it is it's just like trusting trusting your your instincts and trusting yourself and understanding that you got it no matter what if it's not today then you'll maybe you'll have it tomorrow but you have it it's there so don't try and, and enforce it out of you cool cool yeah. thank you Colin. have a, have thank a great you day. bro you too, bro. Thank you for talking, bro. I had a fucking great time just chatting and shit, man. It was Hell so- yeah, bro. I try, to, I try to keep it casual. Try to keep it. I want to I yeah, spread the yeah. conversation, but it's like, it's, you know, no, it's sure, it yeah. I think it's just like, it's just easy to have great conversations when yeah. I know I like, I can like, you're, you're, bro, you're just taking on that level. You're just like, you're yeah, actually, yeah. Like, <laughs> it is. Yeah, Thank you, bro. And likewise, yo, like, fuck, like, it's cool when I could like, you know, everyone leaves a conversation with something new. And I definitely feel like I left with a conversation with something new and, and, and a new perspective. And like, I thank you for showing me that new perspective and like talking me through things that I didn't even realize that I was thinking about that, but I wasn't thinking about it in the same perspective as you. So it was really cool, yo. Yo, anytime, man, anytime. Yo, real shit, bro. Let's link up after this bullshit. <laughs> yo, yeah, after, sometime after, you know, it's safe to go outside and shit. Let's, yeah, we'll exactly, link up. Bro. No, I'll we'll see you around it. though, for sure, bro. I'll see you around stuff. So thank you. That's that's all we got for this episode. Colin, thank you for a wonderful, wonderful interview. And if you're listening, thank you for sticking around to the end. And yeah, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another interview. Can you believe it? A couple of weeks, we changed up the schedule. We're releasing every two weeks now instead of every one week. And now we're just not going to have any breaks. We're not going to have breaks in between seasons. So it's the third season and the, the last season ever because the season will extend uh, until the day I die. So enjoy. I'll catch you. I'll catch you in a couple weeks.